views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody, I want to welcome you. I want to welcome you to the show. Uh, First of all, you know, I want to thank Linda, Jessica, Maria, Michael, Justin, everybody out there, part of the team, Ava, Barb, Chris, uh, Simone, everybody that's out there helping us take this vision into the world. Without folks, and I really do need to give my you know, just a top, top of the morning to Benny, all the people at WBLQ, Mike Horn, his team at CRN. Without these folks being in my life and showing up exactly when they needed to show up, this would be a very different journey. And the last thing I want to say, I am so very grateful for all of you. Uh, I have said this before, you are the best listeners on the planet. Uh, I tell everybody about that. And I so appreciate all of you, as I do the people that I get to connect with on a regular basis. Today, today, I am honored to have someone joining me here today whose book showed up. I don't even know. Maybe, Linda, if you're listening, maybe you can tell me how the book showed up. I think it was a miracle it showed up. I do. I think it was like God in action having this book show up. But it's more than a book. It's a journey and it's a message. You know, people have said to me, Pat, why don't you write about your healing journey? And my my kind of mental thing that goes on is really, I don't think people want to hear what I have to say. But I will tell you this, after reading Laura Bond's book, I will say to you that I am going to be forever grateful to her for having the courage to come out and talk about the things she's talking about. We're probably going to skip a few breaks because there's so much in here that I want her to share with all of you. Uh, Let me just say very briefly uh, who Laura is. Freelance journalist, certified holistic health coach, yay, and written many leading UK publications, including the Sunday Times, the Mail on Sunday, uh, Tatler Psychologies, Cosmopolitan, Nature and Health Magazine. And here's what I want to say. I now get to talk with her about her book. You can say no to chemo. Know your options. Choose for yourself. The most successful approaches from world's foremost cancer healers. Now, she's going to explain this title a little bit because it isn't exactly what you might think. Laura, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here. And thank you so much for doing this, really. Thank you so much, Dr. Pat, for such a wonderful introduction. I feel very honored to be on your show. 
um, you're speaking to people across the other side of the world. Um, so, so thank you. And and there's, I, I just love this. I love being able to talk about, you know, um, the many different ways to to both prevent and heal from cancer yeah. because it's it's something that's just not covered by the mainstream media, and and, and certainly in the process of, you know, when mum was first diagnosed we were really stuck for information and as time went on and as I interviewed about 60 experts around the world we, we started to piece the puzzle together and, and the whole point of writing the book was to bring this information in one book um, with a massive resources section at the back so people when they're in that place of terror would have somewhere to go. Well I want to tell you that I am so thrilled about you doing this but let's talk about what the title of the book means and what it doesn't because the first thing I thought about is oh my gosh you can say no to chemo but wait a minute what if I'm already getting chemo what if I'm already getting radiation and so you and I were able to chat about that before the show please tell our listeners what you've said and what people ask you. Yeah, so I often get this question, so I'm really glad you brought it up, Dr. Pat. Um, I actually gave a workshop uh, last weekend about um, how you can eat to beat stress, and, and I mentioned the book, and I had two people actually that came up after, and they said, oh, we're really interested in your book for a friend of mine, you know, she's, but she started chemotherapy, so obviously the book's not for her. And I, I had to sort of um, explain to them that the book's really about empowerment. So it's empowering people to make decisions based on information rather than fear. So what I wanted to do with You Can Say No to Chemo mm. is to give people a smorgasbord of options um, and whether they're having chemotherapy or not, the, the book is a valuable resource. There's even a chapter in the book where I talk about how you can avoid losing your hair when you're going through chemotherapy. Um, I talk about lots of you know, vitamin C injections, for instance, are, are a fantastic treatment um, whether you're having chemotherapy or whether you're completely going the alternative route because for the simple reason that it, it boosts your immune system so much. And we, we both know that if you don't have an immune system, you can't fight anything. Nothing, nothing at all. And mm. thank you for saying that because now we're opening up the door. And what I want to say to you guys out there, if you have a question for the show today, please, please call in 1-800-930-2819. And the reason I'm saying that is because there is so much in here that I don't know if I'm going to get to all of it, but certainly I am going to be guided. Um, I'm going to start out at a place that probably may seem one of the least unlikely uh, places to start out, but there's a reason you wrote this book and our listeners may or may not know about this. Um, sure. <laughs> so, know, yeah, just starting from the beginning, I, I do yes. get ahead of myself. I get too no, excited. No, that's, that's okay. <laughs> too. I, I'm excited with you. <laughs> so basically 2011, um, I was actually skiing with my boyfriend in America at the time near Denver. Um, and I got a call from Australia saying mum had just been diagnosed with ovarian and uterine cancer, which is a pretty shocking diagnosis. So I immediately went back to Australia and, and mum from the very beginning knew that she wasn't going to have chemotherapy. For her, it was just mm. never an option. Um, she'd seen her brother die from leukemia after a hellish year of chemo and she vowed never to go down that route decades ago. Mm -hmm. So when she actually received the diagnosis from her GP, the first thing that fell out of her mouth was, well, I'm not having chemo. And 
the GP said, well, you're going to have to stand your ground because you're going to come under a lot of pressure. Right. And and boy, was the GP right. I mean, from pressure from oncologists, from, you know, friends, from Chinese doctors even, who she thought would be sympathetic. You know, it was really, <laughs> she, she, she had no idea just how overwhelming it would be. But what sort of was the guiding light was, information that she already had because my mom has always been into alternative health so she knew straight away about vitamin c injections and that was the first port of call but but just to backtrack a bit so the reason i started to write the blog and then the book was while i was home in australia with mum. you know she lived in perth western australia which is a very small town and i'd go out to the supermarket and i'd be buying up organic vegetables or, or whatever and i'd bump into someone i knew and they'd say oh, i'm so sorry to hear about your mum," and i'd be like yeah it's you know, not great. And they'd say, oh, so when she's starting chemo, and I'd say, oh, my mum's not having chemo. And it felt like this <laughs> phrase I was just saying over and over again. And I sort of thought, well, maybe I'll write a blog to explain some of the reasons why <laughs> mum decided not to have chemotherapy, some of the limitations of chemotherapy, and, and also to explain what else is out there, to describe and, and put people in touch with some of these other doctors and therapists around the world who are doing these groundbreaking things. Well, you, you know, when you think about this and you talk about this, you, you know, it's really clear. But you said something earlier, and I'm really struck by it, because whether it's chemo or not, you know, I've been on my own healing journey with what they called a mystery illness back in 2004. And nice. I was very fortunate. I was very fortunate to be three months into doing this show. And by the way, I turned the whole direction of the show into a completely different show because of that. I didn't know what you know. I didn't know what your mom know, know, knew. If you'd have said anything to me about a vitamin C injection, I'd have scratched my, set, my head and said, well, I'm just going to pop a couple pills. But mm -hmm. let's talk about some of the, some of the things in here that, uh, that you talk about in a lot of detail. In discovering this, what were the surprises for you? Were there any? Were there something that you found and you said, really? <laughs> or was it everything? <laughs> oh, oh, God, it was a constant, um, constant surprises. So uh, I guess the book, well, the blog and the book, it was about a year and a half of research and interviews. And so many wonderful surprises, for instance, that you can juice marijuana and overcome cancer. So in this story, uh, sorry, the chapter about inspiring stories, I talk about a woman, Cheryl Schumann, who overcame ovarian cancer by doing just that, by juicing marijuana. I mean, who knew? Right. <laughs> but then as a journalist, you go back and look at all the research and there is so many scientific studies supporting the fact that marijuana can sort of kill cancer cells. Um, so that surprised me. Uh, other things surprised me as well, that the fact that emotions and, and sort of stress are just so implicated in, in cancer. I mean, we, we know that stress breaks down the immune system. We know that, you know, if you're prone to headaches and you're stressed, you'll, you'll get a headache. If, if you're prone to acne and you're stressed, you'll get acne. Whatever the weakness is in your body, we know intuitively that, that stress tends to exacerbate that but yet people have such a hard time linking something as serious as cancer with stress um, and emotional stress and emotional problems yet sort of 80% of the doctors or therapists I spoke to said that this was a root cause 
of cancer. They weren't saying it was the cause, right. but it was certainly a factor. And, and that really surprised me. And that, that was something where, where, as you said, I went, really, really? <laughs> you know, it, it, it took a lot of persuasion, but, but it was something that resonated with mum herself. So I decided to actually dedicate two chapters in the book to that. So I talk about the cancer personality um, and some of the, the characteristics that, that leading physicians over time have seen time and time again in their patients. And then I talk about the cancer survivor and sort of traits that, that everyone can kind of build upon um, and try to develop, which, you know, will help you overcome the disease or, or prevent cancer in the first place, according to these, to these doctors. Well, you know, and, and this is really for a lot of people, you know, looking at some of the things that we do know today. And, you know, I comment on this a lot. When I was in the corporate world at HR, I remember the first time we were going to implement employee assistant programs, right? And, you know, we were talking to the executives and we said, yeah, the research on stress is really groundbreaking. And even back then, their answer was, you know what, just leave your personal issues at the door. Well, really? <laughs> Well, there you go. Um, now, I want to talk about a. Co- we're going to skip this break for those of you out there. I, I really want to talk about a couple of a couple of things in in the book it, right out front. Mm. The first thing, yeah, the first thing I want to talk about is I want to talk about sweating. Sweating, sweating yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the reason I want to talk about it, and here's what I want to say, you know, you talk about it as infrared saunas and hypothermia and so forth, but I was actually told by a friend of mine whose doctor said to her, this was a couple years ago, I don't want you doing the sauna. And she said, really? I love the sauna. And he said, yeah, we don't want you to sweat out the drugs. And I thought, wait a minute, I don't think I'm understanding how this works. So there are a lot of misconceptions about infrared sauna and sweating. And I would love for you to start a conversation about what you discovered or what people have discovered and you share in the book. Yeah, well, first off, I'll just sort of reiterate the fact that I'm not a physician. So anything that I'm saying in this program comes from my background as a journalist and a holistic health coach. So, and I make it very clear in the book and I, I say it again and again, that anything I mention is not advice at all. I'm just merely sharing the research that I've come across and I'm merely quoting doctors who do dedicate their life to the topic of cancer. That's right. So so that's very important for me to say. Um, So in answer to your question, I don't have the answer, but what I do know is that Dr. Thomas Lodi, who's um, a leading holistic physician in Arizona, he certainly recommends infrared saunas to all his patients and most of his patients are also having low-dose chemotherapy. So I don't know the definitive answer on that one. And as I say time and time again, people need to consult with their supervising physician. Um, but, but the point of sweating, from what I understand, yeah. is, that, is that you're pulling poisons out of the body. It's the same reason that you do you know, wheatgrass shots. Um, it's the same reason that you try to get, you know, BPA and um, endocrine disrupting chemicals and lead and mercury out of your house and out of your system because these things weigh the immune system down and and stop it from from being able to, to have its best chance of healing. Well, you know, and this is really what we're talking about, and I can't say that enough. You know, you might call me Dr. Pat, but this is not my area of expertise. Um, 
there's so many things in here and it is important to get the toxins out. Not necessarily the toxins that show up as you talk about from, uh, from whatever treatments, but you know, we as citizens, we have built up an arsenal of toxins from everything from what we eat to what we drink. And whether you, <laughs> whether you have cancer or not, this is probably something that, you know, most people should look into. Absolutely. Uh, and that, that, I mean, that's really something I'm passionate about, which is why I, chapter six, which was all about pulling the poisons out, is ended up being the biggest chapter with over 100 scientific references. I kind of got carried away. <laughs> but once you start looking at it, you're, you're sort of like the toxins in the hairdresser, the toxins in your kitchen, um, the toxins coming out of your tap. You go to the dentist and it's, you know, mercury. Yeah. So I was just bowl over by the number of studies linking the toxins to cancer. So you look at mercury, and at the time the book went to print, there were 643 studies linking mercury to cancer. Yeah. And when I interviewed sort of some of the leading physicians like Dr. Gary Gordon, again from the US, he said, you know, you could make just as good a case with cadmium or lead or any of these other things. And what strikes me is that we now have one in two people diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime. So a baby born today has a 50% chance of getting cancer. And then you look at the fact that a baby born today has 700 times more lead in their body than a baby 400 years ago. Right. I mean, do we think that's a coincidence? Uh, I, just, no. I, I just think when you look at the statistics, less than 1% of Americans developed cancer 100 years ago and now 50%. So we've gone from less than 1% to 50% in 100 years. And yeah. you have to question what's changed. Well, to my mind, the fact that 80,000 new chemicals have been released into the environment since 1900 says it all. Exactly. And by the way, that number you just mentioned, and as a journalist, you, you'll know this too, that, that number you just mentioned is only from the countries that we can gather information from. It right. is, yeah. yeah, it's not from the countries that are non-compliant. You know, mm. it's not from countries that don't have to disclose, right? So that mm. number, I, I was told, um, uh, who is it by? Dr. Brantley. You know, mm. I was told that whenever you hear a number like that, you have, to, you have to have some exponential factor involved in it because it's only what's being reported. Really? Um, wow. Yes, I know. Shocking. It is. One of the one of the things in the book that I that I wanted you to talk about, and I was so thrilled to see it in the book because I felt like if I mentioned one more time to my friends ozone therapy, <laughs> if, I, if one more time I started to talk about that again, including by the way ozone injections into mm. joints to heal joints. They were going to literally take duct tape and put it over my mouth. <laughs> then I get your book. So tell us what it is, what you've discovered. And also, by the way, you clearly are referencing research in this chapter. Absolutely. And, and I owe a huge debt to all the experts that I interviewed who were so generous with their research links, um, with their time in explaining it to me. Because ozone, that probably was one of the longest chapters that took me to write because... Yeah. It was hard to break down the scientific kind of description and, and be able to write it in a way that people would easily understand um, because it, it can be complicated. But, but basically, the, the theory behind 
using ozone therapy when you have cancer is that cancer hates a highly oxygenated environment. So one of the central tenets of healing the body naturally is 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 to oxygenate it. And one, and one of the best ways to do that is to inject the body with ozone. Um, you can also infuse it rectally. So there's you can do sort of an ozone colonic. Um, there's a protect practitioner uh, in the UK that does it. So basically you're saturating the tissue with oxygen or oxygenating the environment and making it a very uninhabitable place for cancer. And this this research goes goes back almost 100 years to Dr. Otto Warburg, who first did all the research about the fact that cancer hates a highly oxygenated environment. And in my book, I sort of reference all the studies um, to that. But but what's interesting is that ozone um, is also good for so many other things. So it's antibacterial, it's antiviral. So there are so many different diseases, um, infectious diseases even, where doctors are getting good results using ozone therapy. I mean, I think I think even one American doctor mentioned snake bites and spider bites. Um, they've seen heal really, really quickly just thanks to ozone. Well, I have to tell you, ozone therapy was one of the most surprising, um, what is the word, introductions I've had into healing. And that's why I did want to talk about it and spend a little time. And thank you mm. for going back as far as, as you went to talk about it. The chapter, by the way, and for those of you just tuning in, I'm talking with Laura Bond. You can say no to chemo. Uh, but what this book is really about is I think that it's, it's one of the most comprehensive books for those of you out there that are really on a healing journey like I've been. And, you know, when you're talking about uh, some of these remedies, some of these, I love some of the research. Um, but basically, what I find with what you've written about this, and, and definitely for people that have not heard about it before, is nowadays, you can buy, uh, what is the term, ozonator? I don't know what else to call it. <laughs> Very inexpensively. And you're right. You know, I use it in my water. I have a sauna. And I have a real a portable sauna that I just plug in. And I have an ozonator that puts ozone gas in there. And you never have to wipe down your sauna. But this, what you've included in here and the references to various doctors is very comprehensive. You talk about taming tumors. I would love for you to chat about what Dr. Rowan had to say about that. Yeah, well, well, basically, he was just talking. He was talking me through some of the case studies he had of of people with with late stage cancer and, and the kind of success that he'd had treating them with ozone therapy. Um, but he was also talking about its benefit for asthma patients, for heart disease patients, for those with Lyme disease, which I know is a big issue yep. um, in America. In America, yeah, um, yeah. So, so, but he but he also made it clear, you know, it doesn't work for everyone, mm -hmm. but then again, nothing does. I mean, when, when it comes to cancer, we know that chemotherapy and radiotherapy certainly aren't foolproof. So, so I guess it, it's about the patient sort of finding what works for them. Um, but I think what's interesting is, is also to look at the take-home things people can do. So there are certain ways you can oxygenate the body where you, you don't have to get an ozonator. Um, you know, humming is a way to get oxygen into the body. Um, dry brushing you know, just getting a dry brush and, and 
you know, brushing your body every morning is a way to get oxygen into the cells. Uh, we know that drinking a green vegetable juice, which is so popular now, um, that boosts levels of hemoglobin in the blood and, and that, you know, brings more oxygen to the cells. So there are simple things that everyone can do, um, whether they've got cancer or not, to help keep the body oxygenated. And, and that's what I find quite interesting. I love it. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the things in the book that, you know, Laura has found most, let's say, eye-opening, shall I say, eye-opening. What is it that we can discover from some of the research that has been provided, some of the conversations she has had with people? And what about the sugar debate? What about the cancer cell sugar debate? Myth Mystic, magic, all of that when we come back. Hi, this is Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio. And here's your tip of the day. When we choose to release the baggage that's in the way of manifesting our destiny, it doesn't mean that we have to abandon everyone. And if you think that, then you are being held by an energy that can feel extremely negative. If I ask you where you're feeling it, common places being the solar plexus or your heart space, you will notice that the joy is gone. You are withdrawing energetically, pulling back. When we came into this world, it wasn't to be miserable and to tolerate and to live according to the needs and desires of others. So choose now. What are you wanting in your life? Are you hiding behind others and their needs so you don't have to step onto your own life path? Guilt is learned. Let's undo it and get our joy back. Let's switch up the language. Join me on Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio or visit lesliefontaine.com. Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie DeLuce at info at ronniedeleuceonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie DeLuce, your partner in wellness. It's here, the 23rd Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, Hearts Connecting Communities. Join us Valentine's Day. Maiden Mother Crone by Sinner Saint Burlesque will entertain, challenge, empower, confuse, embrace, and deeply engage the audience, weaving feminist activism and our sensory exploration for both ancient and modern myths about the feminine. Community building events include open space world cafe dialogues with inspirational Jane to explore important issues to women and a teen activist panel interwoven with intergenerational dialogues. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. That's www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off.
Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at healgrowshine.com or email Wendy at wendy at wendyrwolf.com and start your adventure today. everybody welcome back welcome back to the show for more information about uh, um, about us you can go to the drpatshow.com or you can go to transformationtalkradio.com uh, you go to facebook the dr pat show twitter the dr pat show for more information about my guest and how you can get a copy of the book laura why don't you tell people the best way to find out about you so if people go to laura-bond.com that's L-A-U-R-A-B-O-N-D.com. They can find out um, all about the book. They can find out about health coaching. They can find out about the retreat I'm running in Romania later this year. <laughs> so all sorts of lots and lots of free articles on the website so people can get a taste of the, the kind of things that I, that I touch on, um, why broccoli sprouts are so good for you, um, things like that. <laughs> so, yeah, laura-bond.com. Perfect. Uh, now, I know we're going to talk about some other things in the book, but I would love for you to talk about, maybe you can share a story or two, because you also include those in the book. And just to get a check-in on maybe maybe somebody that you've talked about in the book and you've kept in touch with, I'd love for folks to hear about that. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and for mom, I'll just say that the, these stories and connecting with people around the world who are on a similar journey was such a huge part of the healing for her. And, and that's why I wanted to bring this to the book. I wanted to make it personal because I know when, when people are in that place of fear, it, it's knowing about someone else that's walked in the same shoes um, and being able to hear exactly from them and, and how they made the decision to do what they did and just practical steps about where did they get the ozone generator from and how exactly did they do the coffee enema. Um, So I wanted to make it really personal and really practical as well as having a lot of um, experts interviewed in it. So, but when when you're talking about someone that really inspired me, um, one of the first people that got in touch with me was about five months after I'd started writing the blog about mom's journey. I get an email from a man called Vincent crew in the UK and he, well, he's from Yorkshire. He's a man from Yorkshire and salt of the earth kind of guy. And he said, I'm so thrilled to hear, you know, to connect with your mother's story because I chose the same route. I was diagnosed in 2007 with metastatic colon cancer. So colon cancer that had metastasized to his liver. So that was eight years ago. Um, and he made the decision after surgery, not to do any chemotherapy or radiotherapy. And he's alive and well um, and healthy and happy, certainly the last time I spoke to him, which was a few months ago, today. And I really, he's a guy with a very big heart and he's always um, happy to to speak one-on-one with people that want to talk about their own journeys and, 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 and how he can help them with practical steps. 
Um, he chose coffee enemas, ozone therapy, um, and I think it was vitamin C injections as well um, in order to overcome what was quite a scary diagnosis. Well, you know, scary, I mean, you know, you talk about uh, his journey. Scaring was metastasized colon cancer. Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that is pretty scary. You know, how is it that you've discovered in the book, how is it that people make these decisions? I I know there's no blueprint and I know there's, you know, I'm not holding you to a right or wrong answer. But what have you discovered about folks that would get them to a place where they'd say, you know what, I'm going to look at ozone therapy or I'm I'm going to I'm going to go in this direction. You know, what have you discovered? You know, it was research. These people did their due diligence. They looked into all the research on chemotherapy and radiotherapy for for their cancer and they came to the conclusion that they'd have a better quality of life and perhaps a better chance with some of these other therapies. That, that, this is exactly what they told me. This is how we came to the decision through research. So these aren't people that just put their faith in the airy-fairy. They were looking for scientific evidence. They found it, and that's what they decided to go with. Wow. Um, you, you know, let's talk about uh, a few other things in the book, if we can. Um, and there are so many, there's so many uh, 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 stories that you share and so many different remedies, so many things that, you know, you provide information about. You know, you certainly talk about research of the dairy cancer link because, you know, he- here's what I've discovered. You know, I walked into my naturopath one day and she was pretty clear about where we needed to start. And I remember her saying, I don't want you to eat anything white and, uh, and, and I thought, okay, I can do that. And then I went out and I discovered almost everything is white, <laughs> uh, except for those things that are not. But there's research that, that shows up about whether or not we eat dairy or don't eat dairy or things with other kinds of nutritional uh, no-nos in them. For, for example, eating organic. What have you discovered along the way in terms of food? Dairy was a big one. um, And that was hard for mom because she's always loved a milky cup of tea. Um, Mm -hmm. She loves a creamy pasta. Um, She's always had quite a bit of dairy or had until she was diagnosed. But after the third physician said, look, you really need to give up dairy. It's, It's not really an option. It's compulsory. She did just that. And she hasn't looked back. Um, and in the process of writing the book, I mean, the evidence is just so convincing for breast cancer, for prostate cancer, for ovarian cancer. So all the hormonal cancers from the research I've done seem to be quite driven by dairy. And that's because of something called IGF-1. So it's a growth factor that's naturally in milk, whether it's organic or not. It's got levels of IGF-1. And what IGF-1 does is, promote growth well if you look at the definition for cancer it's you know growth that's gone wrong basically um so while we need igf1 when we're babies and we are growing which is why you'll find igf1 in mother's milk naturally so human milk will have it in after a certain point when you're an adult you naturally need less igf1 but if you're knocking back gallons of milk your body might be getting too much. And so I I reference study after study 
in the book linking ovarian cancer to IGF-1 to breast cancer to IGF-1. But I think what really speaks to people, and not these statistics, but when you look at population studies, so when you look at the fact that the very, very low incidence of breast cancer in somewhere like China, where traditionally dairy just isn't a part of their diet. Right. So if you look at the fact that, and this is according to 2008 figures, the incidence of breast cancer in China is something like 22 out of 100,000 people. Well, you compare that to the US where it's 76 out of 100,000 people. So you've got 22 out of 100,000 versus 76. Look at the UK, it's 89. Look at France and it's 99.7 out of 100,000 people. Well, we all know that French love their cream. They love their, you know, creamy desserts, their creamy main meals. And when, when, when they do studies where they take, um, you know, women from Japan, which also has a low incidence in China, and they move to America or Australia or the UK, and they change their diets, the incidence of breast cancer goes straight back up. So we know that there's an environmental slash dietary link. Well, you know, and I love this, and more and more studies are coming in every day. You know, I mean, we're getting to to really look at some of the research, some of the studies that are coming in from from different places, you know, that we've not heard of before from different people stepping out into the world in a way and saying, OK, you know what, this is popping up over here. Let's take a closer look. Uh, the other thing that you do talk about in here, and I don't remember exactly where, uh, it, are green drinks. Now, I will tell you um, my Nutribullet, and I have no business relationship with these people at Nutribullet. <laughs> My Nutribullet literally has made green drinks a whole new enjoyment. You know, what is it about green drinks, you know, that is now taking on, you know, taking at least in this country, taking this country by storm? I mean, I don't oh, even understand. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It certainly is in the UK as well. They're popping up on every corner of yeah. raw juice bars and I, I couldn't be happier. I think it's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> um, for my 30th birthday, which was the year after mom was diagnosed, I asked, um, I asked for a really souped up, amazing juicer. Uh, for my birthday and I've just used it almost every day since Um, and it's like having an infusion of vitality when you drink this green juice Um, especially if you've got mostly vegetables because you don't really want the sugar content from from the fruit so I I tend to have sort of one apple and then I'll put celery carrot kale broccoli sprouts throw a bit of turmeric in there fresh turmeric root And what it does, when you've got lots of green vegetables, they're packed with chlorophyll. And we know that chlorophyll increases oxygen transport throughout the body. And we also know that cancer hates a highly oxygenated environment. So you're doing something to completely change the terrain of your body, um, you know, to really alkalize it and oxygenate it at the same time. Um, You know, how much of this, I want to just ask you this. So here you are writing this book and you're doing all this research and you, you know, you're making all these discoveries. Uh, How could you not incorporate some of what you've discovered into your own life? Absolutely. I changed my lifestyle dramatically um, after I started doing the research. So I started juicing almost every day. I gave up dairy and it was one of the best things I did you know, for my skin, for, I never got bloating ever again. My stomach flattened, my skin glowed. It was just a revelation for me. And I really thought I'd miss it. But what surprised me was that I didn't. So 
I started making my own almond milk, fresh almond milk. Um, yeah. Oh. Make it every sort of three days, and it's so tasty. Mm. And we know that it, you know it's almonds are one of the only alkaline forming nuts. They're also packed with zinc and vitamin E, which is so good for your skin, and magnesium to reduce stress. And that was the other thing. It wasn't just dietary things I changed. I also made a concerted effort to try and lower my stress levels daily. So, you know, I took up meditation, but also I tried throughout the day to just monitor sort of how I was feeling, how stressed I was. And and to sort of look away from the screen, you know, being a journalist, you're really attached to the computer a lot. So to look away from the screen at least 60 seconds every hour to make sure I got outside at least once a day for a good half an hour walk in the park. And and when I was in the park, to not be walking around thinking, oh, my God, what have I got to do when I get home? And I've still got to interview this person. And what am I going to have for dinner? And, you know, it's so much about our perception of stress. Um what causes stress is what goes on in the in the head. It's it's we don't necessarily have to have a, a lifestyle which others would look on and see. Oh wow, that's such a stressful lifestyle. We can create stress ourselves in any situation, and it's being aware of that and being aware that you are in control of what goes on in your head and doing something about it. Well, you know, it's interesting because at the time I was, you know, really at the, you know, a real critical point in my own healing journey. I got to interview uh, Olivia Newton-John. Oh, wow. I know. And and the reason I bring this up is because I got to interview her when she was in the middle of her creating her vision for, Mm. you know, the the cancer center. Yes. I know. I've heard fantastic things about that. Oh, my gosh. And she did this campaign to walk people you know, the Great Wall of China to raise funds and so forth and so on. Mm-hmm. And that, that for me was the first time I had heard someone of any notoriety at all really step up and say, you know what, there's another way to go about this without saying this is good, this is bad, this is evil. And, you know, you're kind of, you're doing the same thing. That in itself takes on a form of energy, the way you've written about this. Let's talk about energy if we could, because that is another big chapter in the book, Uh, energy and energy medicine. And everybody thinks, you know, it wasn't until Dr. Oz said it on TV here. (laughs) That's when it became real. No, there have been people like Donna Eden and others that have been helping heal. What have you discovered about energy medicine? Well, (laughs) I (laughs) <laughs> There's, again, it's one of those chapters. It's uh, it, it took a long time to write, and it, and it took a long time to be able to put it in words that wouldn't immediately put people off. Because I think the term energy medicine can seem quite intangible, mm-hmm. and people like tangible things that they can hold on to, that they that are very easy to understand, that are easy to to do. Um, so I tried to tried to bring it back down to the ground. Um, and, and put it in a way that people people would understand. But one of the most interesting people that I interviewed in the book was a man called Master Lee. He's a distance healer. He's actually based in California now. But he, he grew up um, in Asia, and, and from the age of eight, he's, he's learnt the art of Qigong, which in itself you could say it's, it's a form of energy medicine. Right. But so since the age of eight, he's, he's dedicated his time to mastering 
how to how to use energy, how to heal with energy. And in 2007, he did this amazing experiment. He did a distance healing experiment with Pennsylvania State University. And as part of the study, human leukemia cells were grown in four flasks um, at the university. And Master Lee, who resides in California, was asked to send healing energy to one of the flasks, just one of the flasks um, labeled 1C. And at the end of the month-long experiment, there were no leukemia cells left in 1C, while all the control flasks had more than about 140 million leukemia cells, which I think is pretty interesting. Wow. Um, and, and what I find also interesting is this wasn't a one-off phenom- phenomenon. There's been a British healer called Matthew Manning who's also proved it's possible to, to influence cancer cells in laboratory conditions. So this kind of stuff blew me away. Right. I, I just I find it fascinating. Um, you've then got Greg Braden, who who's very well known in, in the US. Yes. He talks a lot about the science of spirituality. Well, he's, I mean, if people are interested in this subject, they should Google Greg Braden and look at some of his YouTube videos because he describes this in such an interesting, charismatic way. Um, there's also a video which you can find online where um, they look at a medicineless hospital in China um, where a group of doctors are sending healing energy to, I think it's a kidney tumor. And you can see this kidney tumor on the ultrasound on, the, on this YouTube clip. It's only about four minutes or something. And as the doctors are sending this healing energy to the woman's tumor, it literally contracts and, and minimizes and then disappears on the screen. And the energy that they're sending to the tumor is already healed. So in sending the kind of energy of already healed, they're sort of, I mean, it's pretty hard to describe this. I know but, it is, right. But, but the way the theory goes is that promoting that um, that idea, you know, having the woman believe it, having them believe it. Exactly. It, it's sort of showing the power of the human mind to affect biology. And we, and we now know from so many experiments that, you know, we sort of we are what we think that that our emotions that are that our thoughts lead to chemical changes in our body well you know what you're talking about here has been demonstrated over and over and over again especially if we're looking at you know things from the perspective of what we've discovered over time in life i mean it's kind of like uh we've heard stories of uh, of women right with their children trapped in cars and mm. the car and the car has turned over and all of a sudden you hear stories of the woman lifting the car up <laughs> right yeah because yeah. there's no gap in the strength of our conviction and the doubt that our mind will have us believe the doubt does not have an opportunity to to take hold and you know and that's what i also you know the sense i got from the book there's a belief in the stories that you shared, that these people believe they could heal. Is that true? Is that is that what you believe? T- tell me a little bit Ab- about that. Absolutely. I mean, when I looked at some of the traits of survivors, that was the number one thing, that whatever they decided to do, um, and for some people that might be conventional medicine, mm-hmm. to have a belief that, that that is the right thing to do and to not to be unwavering in that and to put your faith in that, there's something quite 
relaxing and healing about that. I mean, we know that indecision causes stress. I mean, you know it yourself. Right. When you've got an important decision that you're faltering over, it kind of is all-consuming, and it's what keeps you up at night. But, but having conviction in something, believing that something will work, from all the physicians I spoke to, they said that was such an important part of healing. Right. It, you know, and we're hearing more and more stories about this. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about some of the things we haven't talked about. You know, I know there's so much in this book, and I asked you this question earlier. I asked you, you know, what were your surprises? You know, what did you discover on the way uh, to this journey? And that's, I guess, the question that, you know, I, I would like to uh, hear you with. But also, um, Mr. Benny has a question that has come in from a caller. Mr. Benny, do you want to ask that question for us? I can do my best here. It was, uh, I don't recall, she just had to go, but she had a question. Uh, earlier you were discussing about dairy items. Yep. And does that apply to the Greek items around the dairy world? Ah, Greek dairy. Um, as far as I know, um, all, all dairy is the same. So all dairy will have IGF-1 in it. So, yeah. um, and, and sort of not just cow's milk, but goat's milk as well. Um, so when I... I asked very specifically a top British nutritionist who's done a lot of research in this, Dr. Patrick Holford, or not Dr., yeah. but Patrick Holford, and he, he made it very clear. He said it doesn't matter if it's organic or raw or goat's milk. All right. these things will have IGF-1, which are growth promoters. So if you're battling cancer, it's something that you, you want to cut out of your diet. And if you want to prevent cancer, if you're really serious about it, it's one thing that you might want to consider either cutting out or cutting down on. Right. You know, one of the things I want to say about that as well is that, um, I don't know, let me just go back five years if I could. Five years ago, we did not, unless you truly lived in a holistic environment and, you know, what you looked at was, you know, some of what the alternative things out there were. Now, in this country at least, the whole market has changed. And what I mean by market is the place that you shop. Now, you can get almond milk. You can get coconut milk. I mean, I know you don't talk much about coconut, but it's certainly made a resurgence here in the world after having one of the worst reputations in the food chart, right? Coconut. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fattening. You know, you want, you want to avoid curries because all that fattening coconut right. milk. It's just, it's, I, I love coconut. I love coconut milk. I love coconut oil. I do oil pulling actually every morning, which is just such a fantastic detox tip. Um, so if you're prone to gingivitis, like I am, um, you know, receding gums, uh, if you're, you know, there's so many reasons it's, it's good for the body. It, it, it's meant to work like a magnet to pull pathogens, bacteria out of the mouth and then the body. Um, so I swish coconut oil around my mouth for 15 minutes every morning, then spit it out. And I tell you what, afterwards, your teeth just feel so clean. You feel like you've, you've really done something wonderful for your body. <laughs> but, but, you know, eating it as well. I, I often tell health coaching clients um, who are dealing with sugar cravings, who want to overcome sugar cravings, I tell them to just keep a jar of coconut oil on their desk. And if they're really craving that, you know, chocolate bar at four in the afternoon, have a tablespoon of coconut oil because we know that it can offset sugar cravings. And we know that it's like the perfect fuel for the body. It's full of medium chain fatty acids which are really good for the brain um there's even some preliminary research linking that 
to, to stopping Alzheimer's. Um, and it's not going to make you fat. You know, you look at Miranda Kerr, who's one of um, the world's, you know, supermodels. I think she was a Victoria's Secret supermodel. Right. She, she swears by the um, coconut oil. Exactly. And we now know from scientific research, I think there was a 2009 study showing that two tablespoons a day, um, I think it was for six months, and the, the women ended up with tinier wastes at the end. So it, it really, it's a fat that doesn't make you fat. Well, and that's really what we've discovered and what we've discovered about many things. We also discovered the idea of good fats and why do we take in fats today? Um, and, you know, so, you know, part of what I'm, I'm trying to you know, at least portray is that, you, you know, this is one of the most incredible, incredible books that I've seen in a long time where the research is so robust in the book and then there are the stories that have come in here as well. Oh, thank, thank you so much, Dr. Pat. I really, I really appreciate that. And getting back to the question that you started off with, when you were asking me, you know, a lot of people might think, oh, it's not for me because it's saying you can say no to chemo if they're having chemotherapy. Right. And another myth about the book is that it's only for people that are going through cancer treatment. I have had so many emails from people saying, thank you so much. I followed the protocol for my child who had asthma and everything in your book relates to that. And, and it's really helped with that. I've had people who have done so many things in the book where it's giving up dairy, started to do the green juicing, um, right. it, it, get more magnesium in their diets. All these things that are anti-cancer are also anti-acne as well. So I've had so many people who don't have cancer, who have no one in their family who has cancer and who've still gotten a lot out of the book in terms of better health. Exactly, um, exactly. And my sense is that that's really what, uh, what has been the outcome of the book. And maybe that wasn't your original intent, but clearly, you know, you took a very empirical approach to writing this, you know, use the science and research. I, I want to thank you so very much. The hour has gone by so quickly. <laughs> it has. It's amazing. Uh, I hope you're going to do a part two. I know that's a big undertaking, but I am hoping <laughs> I am hoping that you will do an update to it. Um, so I want to ask you your personal message. What would you like to leave us all with? And I can't thank you enough. Thank you again. Oh, I just... For those people out there that are dealing with, you know, a, a scary diagnosis, I'd say don't stare despairingly at statistics. You know, try and fill your mind with stories of survivors because if they can do it, why can't you? Um, and, and I'm wishing so much love to everyone out there that's, that's dealing with it or that has a family member because I know how horrible that can be. <laughs> um, but that, that there's other people out there and that they're... Um, there's a wonderful support system out there, uh, and, and yes, have hope. Thank you. Thank you so much. Please give out your website again. So it's uh, laura-bond.com. Um, I look forward to hearing from some of you, <laughs> and thanks so much, Dr. Pat, for having me on the show. Oh, you bet. Anytime. What a great show. Also, the book is written for those of you out there. Even though we're talking a lot about research, what what uh, Laura has done in the book is really talked about this in ways that the you know that anybody could pick it up and read it and and get some amazing information so that you can make the decision that's going to work best for you. I want to thank all of you out there for tuning us in and turning us on. If you've missed any part of this show, we'll replay it later on tonight, as well as the archive 
archive will be up for you to download. Remember, you are special and important in the world. Make the decisions that are going to get you to the place you want to go to. It's our job to bring you the latest information that we know of to help you along the way. We'll see you next time. This is Leslie Fontaine with Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio. And here's your tip of the day. When we choose to release the baggage that's in the way of manifesting our destiny, it doesn't mean that we have to abandon everyone. And if you think that, then you are being held by an energy that can feel extremely negative. If I ask you where you're feeling it, common places being the solar plexus or your heart space, you will notice that the joy is gone. You are withdrawing energetically, pulling back. When we came into this world, it wasn't to be miserable and to tolerate and to live according to the needs and desires of others. So choose now. What are you wanting in your life? Are you hiding behind others and their needs so you don't have to step onto your own life path? Guilt is learned. Let's undo it and get our joy back. Let's switch up the language. Join me on Sheer Alchemy on Transformation Talk Radio or visit lesliefontaine.com. Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie Deleuze wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie Deleuze at info at ronniedeleuzeonradio.com and visit mvholisticretreat.com. Dr. Ronnie Deleuze, your partner in wellness. It's here, the 23rd Annual Women of Wisdom Conference, February 12th through the 16th. This year's theme is I Am We, Hearts Connecting Communities. Join us Valentine's Day. Maiden Mother Crone by Sinner Saint Burlesque will entertain, challenge, empower, confuse, embrace, and deeply engage the audience, weaving feminist activism and our sensory exploration for both ancient and modern myths about the feminine. Community building events include open space world cafe dialogues with inspirational Jane to explore important issues to women and a teen activist panel interwoven with intergenerational dialogues. Find out all the details at www.womenofwisdom.org. That's www.womenofwisdom.org. Register for a half day workshop and bring a friend for 40% off. Do you want to transform your life's trauma and challenges into the gift that your life was meant to be? It's time for you to take control of your soul journey to heal, grow, and shine. Manifest your destiny with Wendy Wolf, soul transformer, energy, and psychic healer. To start your soul journey, contact Wendy at healgrowshine.com or email Wendy at wendy at wendyrwolf.com and start your adventure today. Grateful patients have been saying it for 25 years. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. Dr. Thane of Wellness One of Bellevue has been named one of the nation's top chiropractors by the Consumers Research Council of America, and for good reason. 
He has helped his patients recover their energy and vitality after car accidents, sports injuries, herniated discs, fatigue due to stress, the list goes on. The website is bellevue.wellness1.net. When in pain, see Dr. Thane. That's bellevue.wellness1.net.